Hallelujah. I had planned to preach this morning on fruit, but God had other plans. So I've decided because this keeps on happening, I don't know when I'm going to be doing that series. Amen. But at some point, we'll get to it. So last night at the encounter service, like actually we were driving here to church, Naomi and I, and the Lord just really put on my heart to minister this word to you this morning. It's amazing how over the last few weeks, it's almost as though the Lord is wanting us to just go back to the foundational things. And they may be foundational, but let me tell you, they are so powerful. You know, Paul got to that place where he said, you know, I just want to preach Christ and Him crucified. For this is the power of God. So this morning I want to preach to you. I'm so glad they haven't done Good job, guys. The message is no other name, only Jesus. No other name, only Jesus. And the truth is, I think that many Christians today do not realize just how powerful the name of Jesus really is. Just how powerful that name truly is. This morning, I want us to just dive in a little deeper and take a look at how fortunate you and I are, or rather, let me say this, how blessed we are because we carry that name. The Bible says in Philippians 2 verse 5, let's go there real quick. Philippians 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. I love this so much because we get to see the picture of Jesus, our Savior, God come down in the flesh like a man, take on the form of a man. And I love the way Scripture says this. It says, to the point, being obedient to the point of death. And then it goes on and says, even the death of the cross. Because the truth is, is that Jesus lived a sacrificial life His entire life. So not only did He die for you on the cross, but He lived a life where He gave up everything that He truly had right to. Being God. He humbled Himself and became a servant and and, and died almost to His deity. He, He became like a man. Sacrificed His entire life sacrificially, even to the point of the cross where He gave His life for you and I so that we could take on that name. That name is the most powerful name. The Bible says, it goes on and says this, Therefore, God also highly exalted him and exalted and him and given him the name which is above every name. I want you to understand that the name that you carry You are a Christian. You carry that name. That's the name that you have been given. You have been given a new name. You are a Christian. You are no longer the same as you were. You are new. You are whole. Old things have passed away. Are you with me? When you get saved, you become a new creation. But the Bible tells us that that name is so great, the name that you carry, that every knee will bow that every knee will bow. The Bible says in verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. Listen, this list is complete. There is nothing in all of creation and the universe with which that name does not bow down to. In other words, there is no higher authority than the authority of that name, the name of Jesus. The Bible says that every knee should bow to that name. It says, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord 
to the glory of God the Father. He has done everything for us and He has given us that name, the name Jesus. The problem is, is that that name is, if you just look at the name itself, the words Jesus, J-U-S-U-S, J-E-S-U-S, there are people that have that name, other people. So the name without the meaning or who it is doesn't really mean much. But it's what's behind that name that means everything. Are you with me? So powerful. Being born again is far more than just making it to heaven. Being born again literally means that you take on that name. We'll talk about this this morning a little more. In the Bible, there were great men that carried this name, the name of Jesus, everywhere they went. Peter, John, James, Andrew, all the disciples carried that name, the name of Jesus, took that name into the ends of the earth. When Peter got up, he said, listen, when they asked him, what must we be to be, do to be saved? He told them what they must do. And then he said, and they must all be baptized into the name of Jesus. See, when you get baptized, you get baptized into that name. You get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but you get baptized into that name. Your name changes. It's a powerful thing. We had baptisms after the first service. See, something is happening in the Spirit. There's like this like excitement. Can you, can you, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like you just know that something is happening, that God is busy moving. Not only here, all over the earth, God is busy moving right now. You're either going to be watching it or you're going to be part of it. You pick. Listen, not only did the guys in the Bible carry that name, but there were guys like Billy Graham that took that name to the ends of the earth, preached the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere he went, carried that name with him. And people's lives were transformed and changed forever because of that name. In Scripture, even in the Old Testament, there were individuals that understood the power of God's name, the power of being connected to Him, being one with Him. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 17, we'll go there in just a moment, we all know the story of David, how David was a mighty man. David was a mighty warrior, bold, and, and he was a great man. He was he was a great, great king, the greatest king outside of Jesus. There's no question, David was that king. But one of the things that's so astounding about David, even as a young boy, there was one thing that separated him from others. We know the story of Goliath, how David slays Goliath. But I want you to just think about it for a moment. Here's this young boy, and Israel has a mighty army with great men, with great stature and valor, warriors in that army. And here comes this young guy and says, listen, I'll fight Goliath. Everybody else is hiding in their tents. But he says, listen, I'll fight Goliath. And let me show you why he's willing to fight Goliath. Take a look at this. Let's go to 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the army of Israel, whom you have defiled. Listen, David stood there, looked at the armies of Israel, looked at this Philistine, this uncircumcised Philistine, and he was like, what's the problem here? Don't you understand, Israel, that you have been given his name? Don't you understand that this uncircumcised Philistine wants to come against the God of all creation? David understood this. David understood that when he stood in front of that giant, it wasn't him. Why? Because he carried a name. He carried the name of God. And he understood that. So, so he says, he goes on and he says in verse 46, This day... The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. 
Unfortunately, much of the church today is just like the children of Israel. We don't understand that we carry His name, that He has given us His name, the name above all names. I don't want to get ahead of myself. David understood this. God is looking for Davids on the earth right now. Churches, people, you that will stand up and say, listen, I understand and recognize that this name will get me to heaven. I'm so thankful for it. But even there's more to it than just that. There is more that he has for me. Not because of how great I am, but because of who he is. Amen. Now watch. Ephesians 2 verse number 1 says this. And you have, you, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, everybody say, but God. Who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. There is no other way. It is only by grace. You see, the name of Jesus, when you take on that name, the fact is, is that you become alive. You see, you must realize that before you were born again, you were dead. You might have been walking around in the flesh, but spiritually, you were not alive. But because of Jesus, He has caused you and made you come alive. It's all because of that name. By grace you have been saved. And then he says this, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. He has made us sit together with him in heavenly places. How can we possibly be seated with Christ in heavenly places? How is this even possible? Well, you must understand it's because He's given you His name. You have been joined to Him. You see, that name does a lot of things. That name saves us. We know that, Romans 10 verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. If you give your life to Him, He saves you. You become alive. But how many of you know that there's a lot of Christians that might be saved, but they don't walk around victoriously? You see, being a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to face trials and tribulations and difficult times. You will. The Bible says, in this world, world you will have trouble. The difference is when you were not saved, you didn't carry that name. But now you carry that name. You are in Christ. You carry the name of Jesus. That's the name that has now been given to you. In the, in the Bible days, they would say, you know, where do you come from? And they would call Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. He came from Nazareth. Nazareth was not his last name. Mary Magdalene. No, it's Mary of Magdala. She came from Magdala. Magdala. That's where she came from. John from the baptism pool. <laughs> I think you understand what I mean. When you get born again, you are given that name, Christian. So you are actually Naomi of Christ. Your name gets changed. You are born again. Are you with me? And that name is so powerful. Yes, that name gives you that salvation, but it also gives you victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
You must understand that that name not only gives you victory, but that name also gives you deliverance. Because of that name, we have deliverance. Because of that name, we are made righteous. You are not righteous because you're good. You are righteous because of Him, because of what He has done. That doesn't mean that we don't seek righteousness to walk upright before God. Of course we do, but we are positioned righteously because of what Jesus did. It is a gift. Unfortunately, many Christians don't realize that that name also gives you authority. You have authority in that name. The name above every name. So powerful. So powerful. 1 John 4, 17 says this. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. How come? Because as He is, so are we, where? In this world. So how is He? He is glorified. He is justified. He is righteous and bold and sitting at the right hand of the Father. We are spiritually in that same place. Are you with me? Physically, we definitely don't look like that right now. Amen? But spiritually, we have been given all of these things that has been given to us. Why? Because we carry the name. We have been given the name. Jesus asked his disciples, he said to them, he said, who do men say that I am? And the disciples began to say, well, some say John the Baptist, some say a prophet, some say this and some say that. They didn't say that, they said other stuff, but you know what I mean. And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Because you see, it's so important that you understand who He is in your life. It is so important that you understand the power of that name and that that name has been given to you. Well, I'm not worthy. You're right. You are right. We are not worthy. But Jesus came down and died for us, took away our unworthiness and gave us His worthiness. Are you with me? That's what makes us worthy. Now, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And I, I mean, I've just, I've imagined this moment so many times in my mind. And Peter looks up and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And in that moment, it's like everything changes. Jesus looks at Peter and sees something that he's not seen before, perhaps. I don't know, I wasn't there. But I can definitely imagine that this is a very special moment. And in Matthew 16, 17, this is what Jesus says. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You see, in that moment, Peter didn't go, you are Jesus. He said, you are the Christ. In other words, he recognized who Jesus was. He recognized that he was the son of God. And because he recognized this, Jesus says to him, listen, what you have just understood entitles you, gives you keys. These keys are the keys of the kingdom because things are about to change, Peter. Something's about to change. Oh, Peter, because you understand that I am the Christ, the Son of the Most High God, because I am the Savior of the world, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. 
And now I give you keys. What are these keys? These keys are authority. These keys have been given to us to do what? To bind and to loose, to allow and to disallow. Watch this now. To allow and disallow what? What has already been disallowed in heaven. We align ourselves with Him. What He says we do, we do. Ask anything in my name and I'll do it. That means if you line yourself up with Him, if you line yourself up with His Word, if He says you have authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, brother, you better believe you have authority. He says this to Peter, and Peter is like, whoa. You know, I don't think he comprehended at all what was taking place. See, that's the problem with most Christians today. They don't realize that because of what Jesus has done, we have been given authority. You don't recognize just how powerful the name of Jesus is. That name that you carry is the most powerful name that there is. You see, the greatest way to explain this is the way that the Bible tells us it is. The Bible describes the relationship between Jesus and the church as a relationship between a bride and a bridegroom. Why does he do this? Because you see, when you get married in the natural, if you're a woman, if you're the bride, you take on the bridegroom's name. When you take on the bridegroom's name, everything he has becomes yours. You have his name. When you walk into the bank, if you have a good husband, everything is yours that he has. Yeah, some of you don't like that. Go read your Bible. See, he's not like you. He shares everything with us. Why? Because he cherishes us. Because he loves us. He's given us his name. So when I walk into a place and I'm married to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Authority has been given to me. I represent all of heaven. Whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Are you with me? Not because of who I am and not with my own selfish intention. But I line myself up with His Word and I speak as He speaks. Most Christians walk around defeated. Most Christians, not most, a lot of them, walk around with no idea that, listen, Becoming saved in the name of Jesus is not just getting you eternal life. It's so much more than just that. Let me show you something. Let's go to Luke 10, verse number 1. Luke 10, verse number 1. Are you guys okay? All right. Jesus is about to release the 70 disciples into the world to go and preach for the first time. He's already sent out a small group, the 12. Now he's sending out the larger group. He goes to them and he says this. After these things, Luke 10 verse 1, Luke 10 verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals. And greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there... Your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give you, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. 
and heal the sick there and say to them, watch this, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The message that he wanted them to preach about was that the kingdom had come near to you. He had given them authority to go and minister, these 70. Now what's amazing is when they come back, I want you to see what they do. Watch this. Let's go to verse 17, Luke 10 and 17. So they go out, they minister, they come back. Now watch what they say. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Why is this important? Because you must understand that every name must respond to that name. Every name must be obedient to that name. There is no name that must not bow. There is no name that must not submit. This is the 70 that he gave authority to. They come back. The first thing they say is, listen, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. That speaks of spirits. And over all the power, everybody say all the power. All the power. Why all the power? Because it's every name. It's every name must bow. Every tongue must confess. Are you with me? There is only one high name. There is only one name above every name. Only one. So it's over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by no means hurt you. This is what he says. This is the, the, those that traveled with Jesus, those that were with him. He tells them this. He says, listen, when they come back and they say, Lord, you're not going to believe it. Even the demons are subject to us in your name. In other words, even spiritual forces, not only man, but even spiritual things have to submit to your name. And he says to them, that's right. I'm giving you this authority. And there are so many people that say, well, you know, that authority was only for the 70, for them back then, those disciples. But I want to show you something. Take a look at this. Let's go to Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16, verse 15. This is before Jesus goes up to heaven, after he has risen from the grave. He's now with his disciples. He's about to leave. Watch what he says. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Listen, baptism is important. If you were here over the last few weeks, you will know that baptism is important. Am I saying you're not saved if you are not baptized? No, that's not what I'm saying. But the Bible gives a command to us that we should be baptized. It is a public confession of our faith. We align ourselves with Christ. We go under the water. We come out a new creation. The past is under the water. Are you with me? If you have not been baptized, get baptized today. In the first service, we saw an elderly man get saved, and then he got baptized. Just like in the book of Acts. That's what happened in the book of Acts. If you listen to last week's sermon, you'll find out when they got saved, there was no time to waste. They got in that baptismal pool. They couldn't wait to leave the old man behind. They couldn't wait to be in Christ. Are you with me? He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And then he says this, and these signs will... Everybody say will. Follow those who believe. You must understand that Scripture is perfect. How many of you believe that? That there is not one word that Jesus does not intentionally put in His Word. And you've got to think about how difficult it must be. Because as He's speaking to them, these are things that they cannot even comprehend. He has to say it in a way that they don't think is completely crazy. And he has to say it in a way that 2,400 years later, we will understand what he really meant. It's incredible. He says here, he, he, he purposefully says, these signs will follow those who believe. Now, why is that so? Because when you get saved, you get his name. You get a new passport. You get a new ID. You are no longer the same as you were anymore. You now carry that name. 
And let me tell you, He is the greatest bridegroom of them all. Every benefit, every promise, everything He has said now belongs to you because you are a child of God. You are a Christian. You have been born again and you carry that name. Now you carry the name. You carry the name that is above every name. The name to whom every every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Jesus wants to make sure that you understand this, that you do not need to walk around oppressed, suppressed, demonized, held back. Today they've got a, a description for everything. There are stuff they call kids today I didn't even know existed. This DD and this FF and whatever. What in the Bible days, listen, we, there was no such thing. Come on, God is able. Don't give them sugar, they'll be fine. Amen. Just don't give them sugar. <laughs> he says, these signs will follow those who believe. And the first thing he says is he wants you to understand that you have now been born again. Your spirit has been born again. You are no longer dead, but now you are alive. And he says that this is what you will do. Take a look. In my name, they will cast out demons. In other words, in his name, because of the name that you have been given. And if you understand that name and whom it is that you are one with, When you get married, the two shall become one. You are no longer the same way anymore. Your life is gone. You are now a new creation. Come on, somebody. That's how your marriage is supposed to be. Even in the natural. This is my best friend. She's way nicer than me. She's also far more attractive than me. I'm so grateful that we are one. Amen. But everything that is mine is hers. When people look at her, I want them to know that she is mine. When she walks into a place, she carries my name. You better not mess with her. Because if you do, I'm going to be right there. That's why he said, these signs will follow those who believe. No demon in hell, nothing in heaven or under the earth must mess with someone who carries that name. If you carry that name, do you understand what has taken place for you? Oh my God. He goes on and gives other supernatural signs. We won't talk about that this morning. We don't need to. What's so important is that you understand, you must understand that greater is He that is in you. You see, you may stop and say, well, Pastor Alex, you know, I'm too scared to even raise my voice to my child. You see, when, 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 when God went to Gideon, He goes to Gideon and he says this to him. He says, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, you got the wrong person. I'm the weakest in my clan. Did you not realize I'm in a wine press? And God says, listen, I know who you are. Gideon, I knew you would be right there, right now for such a time as this. Church, why do Christians walk around defeated when we carry the name above all names? You see, Gideon was right. Outside of God, he's just a normal person dying like everybody else. But because of that name and because of who God called him to be, He was so much greater. That's why greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. You have taken on that name, the name above 
all names. The greatest life you can live is the Christian life. Because your eyes have gone open, your ears have gone open, and now you can walk around victoriously, just like the Bible says, even through difficult times. What's the difference between being saved and not being saved, going through a difficult time? When you were not saved, you didn't have that name. But now when you go through that difficult time, you have a name that you can go into prayer and you can call upon the name of the Father and He hears you when you're in the secret place. Yes, we are so fortunate, so privileged that we will make it to heaven. But He didn't just call us to make it to heaven. He called us to walk in that name. The name of Jesus, which every knee shall bow to and every tongue shall confess. There is nothing on this earth that you should be afraid of. It breaks my heart. Now, I understand it because as a child, I was very scared of everything that goes bump in the night. Now, I understand that I've been given authority. So what happens is this. When the enemy gets around you, he looks at you. He knows what's in you. So it's not a question of it's not a question of what you do or do not have. It's a question of what you do or do not know. See, he wants to know what you know. And if you don't know who he is in you, he knows he can attack you. But when you know who you are, <laughs> not in your own strength or who you are, this is not new age, guys. This is the Bible. Now think about it. When Jesus comes to Peter and says, who do men say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus gets excited because all of a sudden he realizes that Peter has gone to a different place. Why? Because flesh and blood has not revealed this to him. When you finally understand that, listen, by carrying that name, you have been changed and you have authority. You've been given the name above all names. Nothing is impossible. Ask anything in that name. Line yourself up to his word. Line yourself. I'm not talking about name it and claim it and all this weird stuff. I'm talking about in his, in his name, according to his will. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. You can switch it around, pray it however you want. The fact is, if you line yourself up with what God says, it is, it is, it is yours. It belongs to you. You can take it. It's yours. Who knew that that name was so great? I can't even remember the song, but I want you to sing it. <laughs> Come on, let's sing this to him this morning. You better pick the right song, I'm just saying. <laughs> I got it, Pastor. Come on, let's stand this morning.
dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name that you have given us. For not only did you save us by that name, but we have now become one with you. We are seated in heavenly places far above all powers and principalities and every name that is named. And we know that it's not by might or power, but by your Spirit. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world, not of our own doing or our own abilities or our own talents or gifts or who we are, but it's all because of you, Lord. This morning we acknowledge you. 
And we are so grateful that we know you and that we can call upon the name of our Lord and Savior at any time. And you hear us. This morning, if you've come into this place, you've heard these words and you've learned about the name of Jesus, just how powerful it is. None of this is yours unless you accept him first as your Lord and Savior. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you've come here this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, this morning I need to give my heart to Jesus. I want to take that name on as well. I want to give my life to him, my heart to him. If that's you and you say, that's me, just raise your hand real quick so I can pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. I see hands going up. Anyone else? God bless you. I see those hands. Difficult to see with everybody standing. Can I ask everybody, just take a seat for a moment. Just keep your eyes closed if you can. Just raise your hand if you say, Pastor, that's me this morning. I need you to pray for me. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Thank you so much. Right in the back. God bless you. God bless you over there. Thank you. God bless you, young man. Thank you so much. If you've come here this morning, God bless you. God bless you. Man, hands going up everywhere. God bless you, sir. If this is you and this call is for you, I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand there. God bless you. Thank you so much. Today is your day. Amen. God bless you, young lady. The Lord's been pulling at your heart. Amen. This is your day. Amen. If you've come here this morning and maybe you used to serve the Lord, but you've gone astray, this morning He's pulled you back, just like the prodigal son. I want you to know when you come back to Him, the Bible tells us that He comes running to you with a robe and a ring and sandals to just take you back into His arms because He loves you. If you know that you haven't been serving Him and this morning you want to give your heart back to Him, raise your hand and I'll include you in this prayer this morning. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Many hands going up. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, I couldn't see all the hands. I want to ask you, if you raised your hand this morning, don't stay in your seat. Quickly come to the front so we can pray for you. Don't be afraid. Come, come quickly, quickly. Don't stay in your seat. Come quickly. God bless you. Many hands went up. God bless you. Come, come. That's it. Come on, church. Let's give them a big round of applause. This is your day. This is your day. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Come, there were many other hands that were raised. If you don't stay in your seat, come quickly. Come, come. Man, God is moving so powerfully. Just, just stay focused on God. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about anything. Just keep your attention on Him. This is your moment. Amen. If you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. I'm going to ask you to pray with me this morning. Man, God is busy touching. Some of you are really so touched right now. Just stay focused on God this morning. When we pray this prayer, church, let's all pray it together. But you in the front, and if you raised your hand and you didn't come to the front, that's okay. But I want you to pray this with me this morning. Pray it from your heart. Let's all pray this. Let's say, Father, this morning I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in the book of life. Make me whole. Make me new. Fill me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. I want to ask some of my leaders to come. I want to just bless you guys personally in the name of Jesus. This is a big moment for you. This is the most important decision you've ever made in your life. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young lady. It's a new beginning for you. It's a new start. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You are so precious, young lady. And the Lord's about to do a, an amazing work of renewal in you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you, God bless you. Amen. It's a new beginning. Amen. Sir, 
In the name of Jesus, God bless you. God bless you, young man. God bless you. God bless you, man. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. God bless you. In Jesus' name. New beginning for you, young lady. Young man, you did the right thing by coming forward. Amen. God bless you, young God bless you. If you guys will have a look, there's a handsome young pastor over there with a funny beard. You can, if I can ask you just to turn towards him, there's someone behind you that's a leader in the church. We want to meet you and pray for you personally and congratulate you for the greatest decision that you have ever made this morning. Just follow him out. Come on, church. Let's give them a big round of applause and a big God bless you. Amen. Amen. Don't ever forget the name that you carry. The name that has been given to you because you are now one with Him. And God is busy moving so powerfully this, mo this morning, not only here, I can tell you all over the planet, God is moving right now, church. He is busy moving. Ashbury University had no idea what was coming. Those young people, listen, our culture, our young people need a move of God so desperately. That age group especially, the Lord must get a hold of them, shake them, stir them up, turn them inside out, upside down, and then they will turn this country around like you cannot believe in the name of Jesus. I just want to say one more thing. I haven't seen the movie, but I just find it so interesting that the Jesus Revolution movie is starting this week. Just two weeks after the Ashburn Revival begins, God is up to something, let me tell you. He is up to something. This nation is about to, be in, about to see a move of God, I can tell you now, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you, we love you, we exalt you. The name above all names. We are so grateful. We bow down to that name. We submit ourselves to that name. Father, I pray for every precious person in this place that you bless them, that you strengthen and encourage them, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Spirit be with each and every one of them. In Jesus' name, go in His peace. The joy of the Lord, let it be your strength in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. Go in His peace. We'll see you next week. Amen.